Hi, everyone. We are from the MMA Island podcast, and we are here to talk to you about MyBookie. What better time to start betting with MyBookie than right now? You can head to MyBookie.ag and use our promo code MMAIsland to take advantage of exclusive promotions such as the MyBookie Crypto Rewards Program. Make credit card deposits and earn crypto rewards. For every credit card deposit, you earn a percentage towards the crypto... Make your first ever crypto deposit and you will receive the bonus funds you have accumulated by depositing with crypto. So guys, take advantage of this for this Saturday's main event between Max Blessed Holloway and Yair Rodriguez. Holloway's coming off arguably the most dominant performance we've ever seen, but El Pantera is looking to pull off the ultimate upset. Think you know how it's going to go? Then head over to my bookie and get started right away. That's right. Bet on this Saturday and start earning crypto rewards. To make sure you take advantage of this right away, head to mybookie.ag and use our promo code MMA Island. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. I'm Jack Kennedy, and they hit a lot harder, in my opinion, too. What is up, everybody? My name is Kayla McNamara, and everyone's got a plan until they get hit with my views. I am Hunter Boss. He just wanted to go to the distance by the looks of it. He couldn't even do that. And this is the MMA Island Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the MMA Island Podcast. I am Jack Kennedy alongside Kayla McNamara and Hunter Boss. And we have a phenomenal episode 99 for you today. Let's get started with the news and Habib has been making some very interesting comments of late, really since retirement. We haven't really talked too much about it because we've had other things going on. However, this one, he is talking about Justin Gaethje and how Islam Makachev shook at the title ahead of Justin Gaethje. Hunter, starting with you, what are your thoughts on Habib's comments regarding Justin Gaethje, but also his comments as a whole since he's retired? I mean, they're justified to a point. You know, uh, Islam Makachev is a longtime training partner as well as neighbor and good friend of Khabib, so I could see why Khabib's saying this. And on paper, it looks like Islam Makachev should probably get the title shot in front of Justin Gaethje. But when you realize the type of fighter that Justin Gaethje is and the type of fighters he's already fought before Islam Makachev, it kind of trumps everything Makachev's done so far. I mean, he just went out there and showed one of the best three-round fights of all time against Michael Chandler, and he's the last person to fight Khabib um he had a fantastic war with Dustin Poirier spot Edson Barboza he, he beat a guy with a nine-year winning streak in Tony Ferguson so I mean I know Islam Macho has the nine fight win streak but if you could dethrone someone who has a nine-year win streak I think you're credentialed enough to get the title shot beforehand so um I mean Khabib's justified in saying it I get it but uh that's not going to happen yeah, this is a really interesting question because there's a lot of different angles to approach this from. Hunter's absolutely right in what he says, and that Khabib is to an end justified because it's Khabib. He's been there, he did it, he defended his belt a few times. So, I mean, if you're looking for a moral authority to criticize someone, Khabib probably is as close as you can get. That being said, I'm generally not a fan of people who retire and then criticize people who are still fighting. I just think there's a level to that where you there's sort of an unspoken level of respect, especially if it's a guy you fought who went to your country to fight for the title and who did nothing but respect you. I think in this case, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of it, if I'm honest with you. 
But I actually have another angle to bring from this because, gents, I think I have solved the lightweight division and oh, I wanted okay. to share it exclusively right. here. Impossible. <laughs> Wait and see, Hunter. I think okay. you'll be surprised. Okay. Uh, I want to be surprised. Let me hear it. The UFC is about to implement whatever Keelan's going to yeah, say. Hold on. If this happens, starting now. If this happens, we riot on oh, God. This is true. <laughs> I have a bit of matchmaking at the top of the division because I think I know how we sort this out. Take this as an old Pride style Grand Prix if you want, or take it as different pay per views. The order is really up to you. We have Dustin Poirier and Charles Oliveira fighting at UFC 269 for the title. So the actual title is going to be sorted, whoever wins there. But there's a question of succession in terms of who gets the next shot. And there's four guys who are really kind of in the running who need to be eliminated from this. So here's what I propose. Michael Chandler just put on a fight of the year contender against Justin Gaethje. And he's going to be looking for his next opponent. I say we give him Benil Dariush. Because Benil has not been talked about. He hasn't been mentioned a syllable since he beat Tony Ferguson. The thing is... The last time we talked about this, Hunter said, and I think you said as well, Jack, and you're both correct in what you said, and that Chandler deserves an easier challenge. The problem is at the top of the division, there is no such thing as an easy challenge, and Chandler likes fighting the best. So I say give him Benil Dariush to work out third place and who gets the next shot. And then what we're going to do, in the red corner, we're going to have Mr. Islam Makachev, and in the blue corner, we're going to have Justin Gaethje. We're going to let them fight it out to see who gets the next shot. Because the thing is, why talk about it when we can just fight and see who gets it next? If, I mean, Islam's on a nine-fight winning streak. I respect that. But only two or three of those, of those are within the top 15 of lightweight. So you have to be reasonable in how you value that nine-fight win streak. Justin Gaethje's only won once or twice since he fought for the title. I think he's won once against Chandler, but that one win was but that win was a fight of the year contender. So these two guys are actually more balanced in their claims to the title than people think they are. So quite simply, my solution is this: instead of Khabib talking, instead of Islam talking, instead of Justin talking, let them get it on. Let them fight for it. Let's see who wants to be the number one contender. I'm saying Michael Chandler, Benil Dariush, we've got Poirier and Oliveira sorted, and then we put Gaethje and Makachev in the octagon. Whoever wins gets the next shot. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. However, I don't think I would go that way personally. And the way I would like to go is, one, um, I think I would prefer, me personally as a fan, to see Justin Gaethje get the title shot. And, and, and on, the, on, the, on paper, that standpoint makes a lot, of, a lot of sense of what you just said. But the one factor is time. Whoever exactly. wins that title is going to have to wait a long time for Justin Gaethje, Islam Makachev, and Benil Dariush, Michael Chandler to play out. Another thing is, too, for Michael Chandler, I think a better matchup would be someone like RDA or someone like lower in the ranking since he is coming off of two losses to two top opponents. Exactly. So the it's thing, not too far down. You know, yeah. six is not bad. Exactly. So by going up in the rankings, fighting the number three guy, which has been Neil Darius, whether we agree with that ranking or we don't agree with that ranking, he is number three. Is he justified in getting that one fight away from a title shot after two losses? I think for him personally, and just for his career standpoint, a fight against like an RDA or someone around that range. Um, I would say Dan Hooker, if they hadn't fought before, um, 
around that range, I think would be good for Michael Chandler. Makachev, do Benil Dariush. You have that guy at number three. That's the title fight after Justin Gaethje. I like that whole succession right there. That's the way I see it going. However, Keelan, from a pure standpoint, I would love to see what you just said. But I think the, the time of it makes it a little bit different. Anyways, to talk about the question, right? Habib's comments regarding uh, Justin Gaethje and everything like that. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I, what he said about going back a little bit, um, Habib's had some very controversial things he said recently, uh, just in general in MMA, really starting with the Jose Aldo comments. I really think so. Uh, after Aldo won against Pedro Munoz, which that was crazy. Habib was kind of talking. He was like, well, you know, he, he, he didn't really congratulate Aldo that much and said he doesn't think he's going to have a second win in his career and stuff like that. It's just kind of like a bit of a disrespect towards a legend in himself uh, in his own right, Jose Aldo. Um, well, Aldo said uh, after, I believe it was after, um, a little, I don't know when it was, but he basically said that Habib, you know, since he's retired, has been trying to stay relevant by, by saying this stuff. Now, whether we agree with that or disagree with that, I think a certain extent of it is true, or maybe he just likes to, he says what's on his mind, whether we agree with it or whether we don't agree with it. Here's what I will do. I think the, the stat that he used to describe why Islam Makachev should get the title over Justin Gaethje, I'm going to break that statistic down and reverse it in favor of Justin Gaethje, which is why he should get the title shot ahead of Islam Makachev. So bear with me, guys. He said the main thing that he said was that Justin Gaethje has had three finishes in his last eight fights. Well, how many fights has Justin Gaethje had in the UFC? He's had eight fights. To start off his career, he was one and two. His, this, his style hadn't really been formed yet. He would just go out there and brawl. And he beat Michael Johnson, then lost back-to-back to, just, to Dustin Poirier and Eddie Alvarez, right? Two guys that can to do that with the best. After that, took some time off, and then went on a, went on a four-fight winning streak, knockout streak at that. And then the, the fourth fight was a complete domination over Tony Ferguson, which Hunter detailed, uh, and, and we don't need to go further on that. Then the other finish was against Habib Nurmagomedov himself, which who doesn't get finished against Habib? Everyone loses to him. That fight's almost a write-off because everybody loses to Habib Nurmagomedov. He is the greatest lightweight of all time, not even close. So his first fight back after the title, a lot of questions facing the guy, Michael Chandler, which we see he is tough as it gets. Puts on a fight of the year contender, but fights beautifully and wins the second and third round in perfect, violent fashion in Justin Gaethje way. And showed in that fight as well that he can defend the takedown and go cardio-wise for, for as long as he you know had imagined so before. Uh, that alone, if you look at that, four-fight win streak, lose to Habib, comes back, gets a win. Any other fighter we're talking about, that's a, that's a title shot right there. That is absolutely a title shot for uh, next between Oliveira and um, the winner, of, you know, Oliveira and Justin Poirier. The only other thing I will say, so I, I kind of reverse that. The only thing I other, also will say, and if I'm just engaging, I think this is the competition that Islam Makachev has faced. Yes, Islam Makachev has looked unbelievably fantastic. And you could argue and you are arguing for Islam Makachev to get the title shot. But his highest level opponent to this point has been Dan Hooker, who, who he literally just fought. For me, one more name. Benil Dariush is right there. He's been sitting there, hasn't had a fight in forever at that number three spot. Let Oliveira Poirier fight it out. The winner fights Justin Gaethje because he's earned that title shot. In the meantime, Islam Makachev, heck, on the same card as whenever the winner of Oliveira Poirier and Justin Gaethje are fighting, put Makachev versus Benil Dariush there. Have them fight it out. Gaethje first in line. Makachev, if he beats Benil Dariush, which I think he will, next in line for the title shot. That's the way I see it. That's the way I'm breaking down Habib's comments. 
lots said there, but that's kind of that's kind of what's going through my mind about this. Yeah, no, um, Jack, I have to say, I think I 100% agree with you. Um, Keelan, I would agree with you, but like Jack said, the time restraints in this situation, I don't want to wait forever to see either Dustin Poirier or Charles Oliveira defend their belt yeah. uh, come 2022. So for now, I think it would just be better if we either give the title shot to either Makachev or Gaethje. And in this case, I would choose Gaethje just as a fan. And from a business standpoint, it just makes more sense. You can market Gaethje way easier than you can market Makachev right now, I feel like. I think Mark, I think Makachev is definitely marketable, and he yep. will be marketable in the future. But how can you not market someone like Justin Gaethje? You know, the human highlight reel, uh, violence personified. In a sport that's inherently violent, he stands out, quote, quote, Joe Rogan. You know, uh, he's definitely one of the best to do it. And uh, I think if he if, – if what we're all thinking – Dustin Poirier wins the lightweight belt. I don't want to like jump to any hasty Unofficial, conclusions, but I don't. Yeah. I don't feel like it's out of the question, you know. But um, I think uh, if that does happen, then we're looking at one of the best rematches of all time in Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje. So that's the fight I want to see. That's the fight that needs to be made. Dana, if you're listening, there you go. Yeah, look, I think both of you guys made some unbelievable points there. And I certainly am not in disagreement with what Jack said and what Hunter supported subsequently. I think the only reason you would go for my idea over Jack's is that whilst, yes, there is the time restraint, and that's a very real thing, I think that my idea completely eliminates any controversy from the lightweight rankings. Yeah. I think if you give Gaethje a shot over Makachev or Makachev a shot over Gaethje, someone's always going to be mouthing off and there's always going to be controversy and there's never going to be peace atop the lightweight division. I think if you do my way, I mean, assuming there's an unlimited time restraint, which to be fair, there isn't. I just think my way eliminates the controversy that there's been. Someone like Khabib can't talk if Makachev loses, but someone like Gaethje can't talk if he loses either. Now, in terms of what I think more realistically will happen, I do think Jack's plan is probably more likely to happen than mine is. I mean, if you give it to someone like Gaethje, Gaethje will sell probably a million-plus pay-per-views easily, especially Gaethje and Poirier, which is already one of the best lightweight fights there's ever been. Rematching that with a belt on the line. That I mean, the story does absolutely write itself. So, I mean, I'm always out here just trying to present an alternative view of thinking. Uh, that plan's there if that does happen. If not, I'm fully behind Jack's plan as well. I like that too. That's probably a quicker way to clearing up the lightweight division. But if you wanted a, uh, if you wanted a plan with less room for controversy, I think you would probably lean towards mine. But if you just want this all cleared up pretty quickly and efficiently, I'm probably behind Jack as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a great breakdown of it for sure. The thing is too, I, and and let's not talk about this because we could go on for hours. But we haven't even taken into to consideration where the loser of Poirier versus Oliveira fits into all of this. What, what are they going to do in the division? What are they going to do? It's crazy. It's madness. I, I really, uh, there's no, I don't really think there is fixing the controversy because there will always be controversy at the, in this division. It's just, we would be out of a podcast if we didn't have controversy. So, you know, yeah. I don't hate a little bit of controversy. We can have a tiny bit. Yeah. We're going to have to do a Royal Rumble for the lightweight title. <laughs> First person we'll get the ladder out, yeah. Yeah, just throw them in there. Yeah, absolutely. The ladder match, I like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's move on to the best of the best. 
And this weekend, we are seeing Max Holloway back in action. And he's coming off of one of the most dominant performances we've ever seen. So naturally, the best of the best question has to be, what is the most dominant performance we have ever seen in MMA history? Hunter, what do you think that is? Uh, it's Max Holloway's performance against uh, Calvin Cater. But yeah. to not be lame, I'm not going to highlight that one okay. because you know what? But where's the fun in that? Yeah, I'm going to highlight one that always gets the blood boiling when I mention this name right here. I'm going to mention Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Chris Montanijo. Yes. All right. This right here is honestly one of the best dominating performances. Sean O'Malley went out there and showed a striking showcase of every different strike in his arsenal 10 times over and landed almost every single punch. So to say that he didn't have a dominating performance would be kind of a slap in the face to both fighters because Chris Montanijo got slapped in the face a sure lot in that fight. You know what? It's a hell of a lot. So right there, Sugar Sean O'Malley, one of the most dominating fighters when he wins. When he loses, he does it because he pretends he didn't. So boom, right there, Sugar Sean O'Malley. Yeah, that's a great pick. Um, I'm I'm not going to argue with it, even though Jack's probably going to want to fight me for the mention. <laughs> hey, Sean O'Malley. It is what it is, all right? It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, that's a good pick. Um, I'm going to put out two options because I can't fairly commit to one over the other because these were both equally dominant in different ways. So just going to let it out there, see what people say. I think people will agree with the two picks as well, hopefully. The first is Kamaru Usman against Tyron Woodley. Yeah, and I remember watching this fight. I remember us all watching it because we were all talking about it when it was happening, and especially at welterweight, I cannot remember a more one-sided hammering than this fight. I mean, nearly every single round was ten-eight. I mean, one of them I think was even ten-seven, which we never see in a fight. So, I mean, Tyron Woodley just got run over here. He really, really did. Um, he got his soul destroyed. He got his soul taken away from him, and the essence of T Wood was just burned to the ground on that night by Kamaru Usman. Uh, every single takedown landed, looked dominant, looked like he could finish the fight at will against statistically one of the best welterweight champions of all time. That's what makes it all the more impressive. So Kamar Usman, Tyron Woodley is a very, very strong shout for me. And my next shout is Conor McGregor against Eddie Alvarez. It's a good shout. Yep. Yeah, I mean, and, and this might probably be the more obvious pick, but even though... We've talked about this guy a lot, and you know my personal views that I hold on Conor McGregor and what he's become. This night was magic. It was the culmination of about two or three years of hype, of rising to the top, and this was the crowning moment of it all before it all came falling down. Um, you know, I don't know if we've ever seen a more glaring mismatch between two fighters than McGregor and Alvarez. This was just a masterclass in kickboxing, a masterclass in striking. And as beautiful as this was, the problem with this fight is that this is the fight that made McGregor think he could beat someone like Floyd Mayweather because he beat up a wrestler who, who had no hands, really. But that aside, this, I mean, I don't even have to recount the fight because everybody remembers the fight. But every single round won, every exchange won, every takedown attempted was defended. And then that finishing sequence was just it was like it was like morpheus out of the matrix it was like time slowing down everybody could see it happen even if you've never been in a fight before you could see the sequence happening before it happened and 
it was one of the most one-sided beatings that I've ever seen in my life. Uh, so those are my two picks. Um, I think you could pick each of them equally for different reasons because they were different levels of domination. But I think Usman, Woodley, and McGregor Alvarez, they would be my two picks that come most to mind. Yeah, I really like that. I like that a lot. I mean, so I actually I agree with Hunter. I would pick uh, probably Holloway versus Calvin Cater because I remember getting goosebumps after watching that fight, how yeah. shocked I was that it was that one-sided. When he wins 50-43, that's how you know it's a – Dominant performance or Holloway Ortega. Oh, look, yeah, Holloway sure. Ortega. That's any any one. Holloway fight that he wins, it's pretty good. Holloway versus and, and Holloway Ortega, he's literally picking up Ortega's hands. Like, I feel bad for punching him. Yeah, he's teaching him how to box. It was yeah. funny. I, I would, I would, look, I'm just, I'm showing Calvin Cater because like he set the record and everything. However, I want to talk about McGregor Alvarez some more because that is going to be my pick, other than uh, Holloway versus Calvin Cater. Um, and Keelan, I agree with you for a lot of what you said except for the fact that Eddie Alvarez was legit as it was at the yeah, time. He, he had just, had well, he, he's not even, he has wrestling, but he's not even a wrestler base. He's a brawler and a stand-up fighter. He had just knocked out Rafael dos Anjos. Well, no, well, yeah, he did. Yeah, he beat Rafael dos Anjos before that and knocked him out. Title? Yeah, he knocked him out in like the first minute of the fight. He just swarmed him and finished him, which no one saw coming. Eddie Alvarez is one of, and I saw, um, one of our accounts on MMA Island made this post, and it's a, it's a great post about the the violent uh, fighters in in the 155, the violence division, and that includes uh, Dustin Poirier, uh, Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler, Eddie Alvarez is in there uh, as he should be, um, and 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 you know you could also you know Conor McGregor would be in there as well um, for just guys that always bring the fight and they're just crazy. Eddie Alvarez is that type of fighter. And he is the bigger guy at this point. We don't know what Conor McGregor is going to look like at the 155-pound division. Weirdly, we had seen him at 172 times before against Nate Diaz, which is weird that he jumped two weight classes before going down to 155 first. But we didn't know what he was going to look like. He's coming off that avenging that second loss against, against Nate Diaz. He's the 145 champion of the world after that finish versus Aldo. But he's facing the guy and Eddie Alvarez, who just completely starched a guy who we thought was going to be champion for a while in Rafael dos Anjos in that division. And you have Eddie Alvarez goes out there and really is just swarmed by the moment. The McGregor aura gets to him and you just see Conor McGregor go out there and put on one of, not, not one of, I'm saying it is, uh, well, I guess other than the Max Holloway, one of the best performances you will ever see. Seriously, every, you, you thought from the get-go, Eddie, you knew he was in trouble. The, the most significant strike Eddie Alvarez landed was that first leg kick to start the entire fight. After that, McGregor 10-8 all the way through. He dropped him like three or four times, and that ending blow was just, it was beautiful. That was McGregor at his peak, and that is why, like, I love what you said. That is why he was like, okay, I'm going to take on Mayweather next. I'm going to take on everybody. I, I'm on top of the world. That is the fight. That was peak Conor McGregor. That was whenever he became double champ status. First attempt to become the champ champ simultaneously, and he did it. That is peak McGregor, and that performance, I think, really uh, is the best uh, that we've ever seen in the octagon. It was flawless against the guy who is, who was the best 155er on the planet and made him look like an amateur in there. Uh, and that that was McGregor at his best. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, you can't go wrong with these picks. Uh, and, and let's move on to the pick of the week uh, brought to you by my bookie. And we have a fight night between Max Holloway and Yair Rodriguez. Man, look, I know I say this every podcast, but we keep it rolling. We had 267 two weeks ago. Last week, we had UFC 268, 
And now we're rolling into a Max Holloway fight week. It keeps getting better and better. I love it. Bring it on. Max Holloway, Yair Rodriguez, plus our bet of the night. Hunter, what do you think? The Blessed Express. What can I say? What yeah. can I? There's every reason you could have for a fighter winning a fight is why I have Max Holloway beating Yair, Rod, Yair, Yair Rodriguez. Yeah. Rodriguez. Holy moly. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, I mean, let's let's we'll start with the obvious. Rodriguez has not been in the octagon for around two years. He hasn't. He hasn't fought in a long time. And now he's going in after two years off to fight the greatest featherweight of all time in Max Holloway, where he just previously in his last fight beat an all-time record for significant strikes attempted and landed, and, and even more records after that. That he set? That he set? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow, what else is there to say? I mean, Max Holloway has never been knocked down in the octagon. He's never been knocked down. He has five losses, never been knocked down. There's something I saw. I saw a quote from him not too, too, too long ago, and it's probably one of my favorite quotes. He's yep. never lost. He's just ran out of time. And that is the most real way to say it. He has just ran out of time in each one of his losses. If he had the time, he would continue to go on and win. He would show why he would win because he has the cardio. He has the cardio of a champion. He has the striking of a champion. I mean, when we take a look at Yair, Yair Rodriguez, he has elite striking. I do have to admit, he has elite striking and he can put anyone to sleep. And he did. He put the Korean zombie to sleep when nobody was putting the Korean zombie to sleep in the last second of the fifth round. I mean, Yair yeah, Rodriguez, he's, he's on another level. But Max Holloway, there's good striking. There's great striking. There's elite striking where I put Yair Rodriguez. And then right above that, there's Max Holloway striking. The best boxer in the UFC, baby. The Blessed Express. No one could do it better. Max Holloway for the win. Max Holloway, that is all. Yep. yep. Uh, now, of course, that's not it. You know I have to go a little <laughs> further into this. I can't put minimum effort into Max Holloway now. Everything Hunter said is absolutely perfect. It's hard to build on that because your entire case is in that. In two minutes, we've just bought Edia Rodriguez. Um, no, Max Holloway is just on a different planet. He just is. You know, when you look at the elite of the elite of the elite, you have Max Holloway in there. He is just that damn good. You know, I mean, he is a world away from the fighter who fought McGregor all those years ago because, you yeah. know, on his social media rants, which I'm not going to get into, McGregor's constantly bringing up, you know, 2014, you know, Holloway beat him, easy work, whatever. When is McGregor uh, not bringing up 2014? <laughs> <laughs> <Come> on, <laughs> he hasn't been good for a while. <laughs> that, that is very, very true. That's a good point. No, I mean, that Holloway, from that Holloway to this, is a level of improvement and development that seems impossible because he is one of the best pound-for-pound fighters on the planet, if not in the top three or four, which I would argue he should be. Um, Yair Rodriguez is a very good fighter. They don't call him El Pantera for nothing. He is like the Panther. He's powerful, he's quick, and he strikes when the moment is opportune. The problem is you're just not going to get that against Holloway. He is far too good. I mean, you bring up the win against the Korean Zombie, which you're absolutely right to. Rodriguez operates like a sniper. He can, It's very easy to overwhelm him, but he can pick his shots whenever the spaces are there. You know, the Korean Zombie came forward quite recklessly because it was the last five seconds of the fight, which on a level he's justified to. 
but he went out, his hands were pretty much down by his hips, and then bang, elbow up, train zombies out cold. You cannot do that against Max Holloway because he will shred you to pieces. If you leave your hands up, if you keep waiting, trying to counter-strike, you can't counter-strike against Max Holloway. You can't even strike against him. He's too good for both of those. I mean, Calvin Cater tried to counter-strike as well and be aggressive, and he failed to do both. I mean, when you look at the commentary team, yell, I'm the best boxer in the UFC, dodge a five-punch combo, and then land a one-two of your own, you know there's a level above anyone else that you solely occupy. And that's just it for Max Holloway. I mean, we could break down the record number of strikes against Ortega and the number he did in him. We could break down the number he did in Calvin Cater, 50-43. I think one judge even had it 50-42, if I'm not incorrect. I mean, I could tell you all these things, but I don't have to. You already know what Max Holloway's about. Quite frankly, the Blessed Express is going to continue rolling on, and I think it's going to absolutely run over Yaya Rodriguez. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, not surprisingly, I am not going away on this one. It has to be Max Holloway any day of the week. And I agree with you guys. I think um, Max Holloway, like you guys talked about Max Holloway. I'm going to talk about how, why he will beat Yair Rodriguez specifically, because you've already talked about how good Max Holloway is. We know how good he is based off just his last performances. Um, And just stylistically alone, you can make the argument. you, You would make the argument that Max Holloway beat Yair Rodriguez, but Two things. Another quote from Max Holloway, and I love that one. I actually didn't even hear that one that Hunter said, but I love that. The other one that I want to point out was that he talked about um, in reference to some fighters that uh, are are sitting back and waiting for a title shot opportunity to come to them. He wants to stay active and get at it. Who is more deserving, maybe other than Robert Whitaker, of a title shot right now in, in, in any division in the UFC? Max Holloway by far. Okay. No, well, Gaethje, it's even, you can argue that. Gage, you could even argue that. Max Holloway, there is no doubt in the world that he should be next in line. He just arguably beat Volkanovski in his last fight. Most people, including us, would argue that. And he came off that mo- the, one of the most dominant performances we've ever seen against Calvin Kager. Who else, and, and obviously his championship reign, who else is deserving of that title shot at 145? He could sit back and seriously wait for that title shot. But Max Holloway's like, no, I'm going to stay active. I'm going to keep being the best fighter I can be. And you know, keep earning that every single day. He wants to fight three times a year. He's upset because he can only fight two times this year. That is the type of fighter, that is the type of mentality that Max Holloway has. And that is why he is built different in any way going into this. So that's just mentality alone. Now let's talk about Yair Rodriguez, right? And I love Yair Rodriguez, but we're going to be crapping on him a little bit for this podcast just because of the stylistic matchup, all right? Um, he didn't, look, for people watching, he's not in our lower half. He's not. We're not talking about him like a rackage level, all right? We're just saying what we have to say because fighting Max Holloway, right? It's a specific uh, time. Otherwise, we love Yair Rodriguez. However, bringing back the example of the Korean Zombie, that was his last spectacular performance was against the Korean Zombie. And really, he was losing that fight until the elbow. That was in 2018. Three years? Three years ago was that. Now, after that fight, he had two more fights, which were two controversial fights against Jeremy Stevens. Those fights, the first one got was a no contest because people started throwing stuff, the eye poke. The other fight was a three-round d- decision where Yair won the first two but started fading in the third, and it was a three-round, and that was a decision. But Jeremy Stevens probably wouldn't have won that fight if it was five rounds. So, hasn't fought since then. That was 2019. Two years have gone by. It's 2021, end of 2021, and now he's fighting again. And who is he fighting against? 
the guy that had just broke his own record for strikes attempted and strikes landed in a fight, a record that will probably never be broken in the near future unless it's by Max Holloway himself. Oh which my it goodness. very well could be. Which it very well could in this fight. Look, Yair Rodriguez, I think this Max Holloway's been looking for that finish and he, he, couldn't, he couldn't get the finish. I think he will get the finish in this fight. Uh, Yair Rodriguez is known for slowing down towards the end of fights because of his crazy style. He's always throwing kicks. Look, if Max Holloway can go five full rounds with Dustin Poirier at lightweight and not get dropped one single time, survive wars with Jose Aldo, Alexander Volkanovsky, I don't see I don't see how Yair Rodriguez could drop him. I really don't. Unless he lands that elbow, but Max Holloway's not going to be there. Max Holloway will put on a pressure that you will not be able to break. When does Yair struggle? Whenever someone is bringing the pressure towards him and will be relentless with it. That's whenever the Korean zombie was having success, whenever he's fighting technically like that and bringing the pressure forward because Yair doesn't have the space to throw the kicks. That's where he, he that's where he's golden. Max Holloway will force this fight to be a boxing fight, get in his face and challenge Yair Rodriguez to and push him to a point where he's never been before. And he will be overwhelmed. Honestly, I think a third round TKO, maybe against the fence, just from a barrage of strikes that he will be facing. And Max Holloway will get the win and um, just even more cement that he is next in line for Alexander Volkanovsky. And we are in line for one of the best trilogy fights ever, if we're being honest, uh, because that second fight, a lot of people had Max Holloway. So in a lot of people's minds, it's 1-1 um, as far as, you know, skill level and, and win. So, look, I, I just all credit to Yair Rodriguez. I love that he's taking this fight. I love that this fight is happening. It's very exciting. At the end of the day, not only is Max Holloway the better fighter, but he's also been more active. And we could be seeing the best version of Max Holloway we've ever seen, which is scary. I think Yair Rodriguez is in for a very long night come Saturday. Yeah. Um, and now come down to the, the pick of the night, my bookie yep, pick yep. of the night. We love to see it. Of course. Um, now, usually I would go ahead and I would just stick with the person I just hyped up for about four minutes there being Max Holloway. But if you would like to make even a cent of money, I would recommend not betting on Max Holloway because he is a minus 700 favorite. So who else? Max Holloway, I would give in Song Yadong. He Ooh. is looking fantastic right now, and he's only a slight favorite in this matchup. So if you want money, this is a coin flip matchup right here. It's up in the air, but I'll tell you why it's not a coin flip, and it's going to hit heads no matter what. Song Yadong over here has created a skill set within his arsenal in which he is home to himself, and he is now comfortable with using. We saw in his last fight, it was the one fight I was watching with my friends. You know, I didn't really think Song Yudong was going to go crazy in this fight, but he ended up putting on a performance and ended up knocking out his ne- his last opponent. And honestly, he looked unstoppable. So a nice win over Julio uh, in this fight would be a great win for his career, and it's another stepping stone. And uh, you're going to see it. You're going to see the win from Song Yudong. So if you want to make some money, I would suggest putting on Song Yudong. But if you're fine with just throwing in the Max Holloway fight in a parlay, that's the fight you're going to want to win because that is the unstoppable, undeniable. It's the truth of the UFC right here. Max Holloway beats Yair Rodriguez 11 out of 10 times. And you guys know what they say. What the boss says goes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you just heard Triple H's uh, prediction. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you can't argue with it. I mean, the monster's right every time we're on here. It's getting boring now. Lose for one something. I won't, let, I won't let it happen, Keelan. I got I to gotta keep my viewers in check, all right? I, I, had, I, had, a t- I had a two-podcast winning streak, two weeks in a row, <laughs> and that was it. And that was it. Now we're back to it. Now we're back to it. God's sake. Um, 
Yeah, can't be mad at that. And one thing I'm going to say before I actually give you my my bookie prediction of the night yep. is the point that uh, Jack made about Jeremy Stevens. If you can only go three rounds with Jeremy Stevens and not only not finish him, but lose the final round and lose anything that would have gone on yep. beyond that, yep. what in the holy good hell do you think Max Holloway is going to do to you? After, He's going to after um, two years after and two after years two well. years of no activity. Oh man, I think this is a dead. I think this is just done. I really do. I think Max Holloway, and that's probably the easiest bet you're ever going to make in your life. But anyway, on to the my bookie prediction of the night, and I am actually going to go a little bit different from Hunter's prediction, even though I do agree with going on that. I think that is. I think there's some money to be made there. I am actually going to go with Marcus Lima against Ben Rothwell. I like those odds. Um, I'm just checking here now. Marcus Lima is plus 135, Ben Rothwell minus 165. I think there's an opportunity to make a buck there. Um, we were all actually saying we were quite surprised that Rothwell's coming into this fight as the favorite because Marcus Lima has looked really good recently in his last couple of fights. And Rothwell's always there to be knocked out as well. Aggressive, but he always leaves his chin open. And Lima has got a demolition ball of a right hand. So for me personally, my my bookie prediction is going to be Marcos Lima to knock out Ben Rothwell at plus 135. And what Hunter doesn't say still goes because I'm going to just pray that I'm right in this one for once because my... I've to be honest with you, I've bent my track record, so I don't even want to look at it anymore. <laughs> I'm just praying I get this right. But for me, Marcos Lima against Ben Rothwell. Yeah, I don't think Rothwell's going to be laughing at the end of this one. I'll tell you that. I think I agree with you, Keelan. Well, Keelan, you're going to have extra power because I agree with you. That's the Whoa. best guy right there. All right, you can go Hunter's way, or you can come over to, to our side. All right, we got two against one here. At that the odds. Go against the two winning streak, guys. Look, come on. Look, I was on the two winning streak before you. All right, He's and crazy. We don't, two. We don't, we don't talk about before that. But anyway, two weeks in a row. <laughs> it changes this week. It changes this week. Keelan and I are combining our powers, our pick powers here, and we are going Marcos Rogerio de Lima over Ben Rothwell. Now, I'm a little bit cheating because we talked about this before the podcast, but I did not know that Ben Rothwell was the favorite in this fight i really thought it was going to be marco so seeing as it is flipped rogerio de lima to win my reasoning is very simple he's younger than ben rothwell a lot fresher a lot less damage on the chin that will pay dividends marcus rogerio de lima i believe by a decision will get it done um and that is where you place your money plus 135 also to comment on max holloway real quick uh why you don't want to bet on him even though he will absolutely win risk versus reward all right people you would have to place almost a thousand dollars to win a hundred on Max Holloway. You have to put down seven hundred dollars to win one hundred dollars on Max Holloway. If oh, no. in the the one percent chance that Yair Rodriguez wins, you're out seven hundred thousand. It's not thousands. You're out. That would be a crazy bet. You're out. Whatever big money spenders are watching our podcast right now, yeah. maybe a quick donation wouldn't hurt. But yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, come on, come on. Uh, anyways, you're out $700. It's not worth it, people. Go, Marcos Rogerio de Lima. Do not listen to Hunter this time. He is wrong, all right? He is going, the streak is going to end. Choose Keelan in our side. That's what we're doing. Marcos Rogerio de Lima, that's where you put your money, plus 135. Oh, man, oh, man. You guys can combine your powers all you want, but that'll only be a fraction of mine. Definitely go with Song Yudong. He is the winner of this fight. Keeling even admitted it too. So there you <laughs> go. If you want the odds, I mean, you could try to go against the favorite, but it doesn't always work out great. So 
Nice. This is David versus Goliath over here, and we are going to make it happen here with the extra power of Jack. I didn't have power before. I'm not going to lie. I didn't have any support <laughs> in my previous picks. Ladies and gentlemen, this is where it turns around for me. I'm taking my record back out of the bin. I'm ironing it up real nice, and it's back. I mean, if this happens, I'm going to freak out because this will just be perfect. And ladies and gentlemen, on a serious note, I do want to make something clear as well. And it's a very good point that Jack just made. You know, do not be throwing crazy money on Holloway because on the 1% chance he loses, you will lose a fortune because you've pretty much got to put down your entire life savings just to make <laughs> something on this fight. And the, my last point on this as well is if Rodriguez gets to the fifth round and knocks out Holloway with an up elbow, I'm quitting the podcast. <laughs> I'm done. It'll be too much. So, yeah, Team JK for the win. That's how we do it. That is how we do it over here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, also, we're going to have a, no matter what, we're going to have a very interesting episode 100 Monday. Tune in for that. It's going to be a phenomenal episode. Uh, it, you, it's a must listen for sure. And obviously, we have a lot of stakes riding on it based off of this podcast end right here. As always, guys, fantastic podcast. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Uh, as always, make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Listen to us everywhere literally everywhere including itunes and spotify as well as check out our instagram at mma.island and our website mmaisland.net again big shout out to our sponsors as well mybookie.ag use our promo code mmaisland and get started today um you know where you place your bets based off of this last segment of course um great podcast guys thank you everyone so much for listening thank you guys thanks everyone amazing <laughs>